Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the first week of Jets training camp, including whose stock is up and whose is down, plus the latest around the NHL, including trouble brewing in Tampa. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here for the first time, last time this week. Closing things out. Apologies for the uh, delay. Dealing with a little bit of sickness, as it seems like uh, most of the world is right now. Uh, But ready to go now and ready to send you guys off into the weekend in style. Plenty to get into as well with one week of training camp officially in the books for the Jets. A couple of preseason games, predictions, all of it's going on around the NHL. So we'll dive right on in. Joining me once again, feeling much better as well. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. How are we doing today, Tice? Yes, feeling much better. And sorry if uh, my voice has a little bit of a, a crackle in it, if you could say. Apology apology not accepted. <laughs> I went to the Vikings game and I came back with a, with a bit of a bug. But we're feeling a lot better now. Feeling a lot better now. It sucked too. I got home and I was going to drive home from my buddy's place. We all went down and my car wouldn't start either. So that was a nice little... Just the, nice, the old nice cherry on top, right? But, but the, the only thing was the halftime show for the Vikings game. Mascots versus kids, baby. And our section okay. was going crazy. The Minnesota Gopher just put a kid right into the ground. And with no I, got, I got so many takes about this. I There is nothing in sports. There are two things in sports that actually infuriate me. Not like sports hate, but actual hate. And we saw one of them happen in Kansas City this past Sunday. Where I just don't need celebrity relationship talk while my sports are on. You want to do it after? That's fine. But like, I just I just want to watch my sport. Like, just give me that. But these clown ass earmuffs kids. These clown ass mascots who are either teenagers or young men absolutely lighting up children like what is wrong with these people and especially and i think now that i have a kid multiple kids it's a little bit different but if my kid was playing in that game 
and I saw some doofus in a groundhog costume throwing a Derrick Henry stiff arm to my eight-year-old's jaw. We're throwing hands. We're throwing hands on the 10-yard line, and then we'll see who's tough. Wrap them like, up. These, these guys are absolute bozos. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's even legally allowed. Like, where, where else, how is this even like? It, it's funny in Step Brothers when Dale and Brennan stand up for themselves on the playground, but not not, not in front of fifty thousand people at US Bank Stadium. It, it is a little weird when uh, you put it that way, and you like if you remove the costumes. <laughs> when I put it the way it actually is, <laughs> if, if you remove the costumes, the police would be called. But yes, of course they would. No one would bat an eye. I still there's something about it, and like it's not like they're in pads too. Like it's not like they're like oh, it's not good. like it's not like a kid's coming across the middle and and the gopher from University of Minnesota spears them like Ray Lewis. Like it's just stiff arms. Like it's just it's just, it's just rigor mortis uh, at the at the 15 yard line. Tyson, it's what about just, what about yeah, all the send fight? them off the field? These I, I it, it's so it's so insane that this is still a this is this feels like gladiatorial combat. Like a hundred, like a hundred years from now, people are gonna look back and say, like, how was this ever allowed in, in front of people? What about all the times you ragdolled me when I was a kid, and you and you were over eighteen? Touche. <laughs> people grow, Tyson. I don't know. It's a, I don't. I don't really have a great answer for that. I guess. <laughs> Main thing is, it wasn't done. I, I don't know if I would have been as physical at the Blue Bombers game. But it doesn't matter. Don't don't try to turn this around on me. We have to stop glorifying mascot on child violence. It just it cannot be a thing anymore. All right, now I'm all sweaty. I didn't want to get sweaty. It's hot in here. I got overruled on the AC being allowed in the house, and I just started. <laughs> It's going to be a tough night now. Um, regardless of that, though, plenty to get into, Tyson. Uh, yeah. So no no three trivia questions for, for us today. Although I do have just one trivia one for you here. Because I came across this today. And I, I mean, there, I don't think there's a chance. Unless you're part of that person's family. I don't think anybody would be able to get this question on their first crack. You want to give it a shot? Oh, yeah. And it's a pretty, like, it's not an obscure record either, which makes it even better. But can you guess the goalie who made the most saves during a regular season shutout in NHL history? So, Ron, Ron, for those that, Ron Tugnut holds the record for most saves in a regular season game. Uh, he cracked the 70 mark, but he gave up a couple of goals in that one. So who stopped the most bucks in a regular season shutout in NHL history? I'm just going to say David Abisher. I, I love it. It's not correct, but I, that, you're, I like where your head's at. What if, what if I told you it was an Oilers goalie in the last 15 years? Ooh. Matthew Guerin? Yeah, again, great guess. But Jeff no. Laurier? No. Ben Scrivens. Uh, oh, Ben Scrivens. I, I actually remember. Was that game against the Kings too? It was. I, yeah, like once once you hear the name, you're first like, oh my gosh. But then it's like, that's right. 59 save shutout in 2014. Canada goalie. National team. He's a superstar. <laughs> this is like a wild, like, 
Who would ever guess that? But it's Ben Scrivens that holds the record there. So you want to stump somebody. There's the question for you on this weekend. Hitting out with the with the boys, the girls, the fam, whoever it is. Do a little Ben Scrivens trivia and send everybody for a tizzy. How about that? All right. Jets training camp, Tice. Preseason. Couple games in the books. A few practices in the books as well. A lot of ups. Unfortunately, a decent amount of downs so far as well. I guess let's just kind of take stock of the team as a whole here and look at what's what's stood out, what's been the standout performances, who struggled, things like that, through the first week of the season, uh, preseason, and where things go as the heat really starts to ratchet up and these last couple of preseason games become official tune-ups for the start of the regular season. So let's start with the forward group, Tyson. Why don't we go line by line here? You know, the top line hasn't played too much. But feeling pretty positive about Gabe Velarde's early performances alongside Shifley and Connor right now? Yeah, he looks good. And even Bones was saying that he's kind of fit, fit in like a glove on that line so far. And, you know, when you're he's a heady player and he's, you know, able to fit in with those guys. And, you know, it's... Now, it's let, me, let me interrupt you there, Tyson. You were kind of... I don't want to say down on the return and the Dubois trade, but you weren't, you know, you weren't jumping up and down and, and calling this a home run win for the Jets. Are you, do you, do you want to change your tune at all on that? No. Oh, okay. Well, then, never mind then. And, and like, and just to go back, I don't think Gabe Velarde and I follow are bad players, right? I just, I just struggled to see how all of a sudden we move a guy like Pierre Luc Dubois and then where are we going to get? that production from you know like like like, i don't think it's crazy to think that gabe velarde isn't gonna isn't gonna come within 15 points of dubois point total of last year and then is it crazy too to say that guys like if you combine velarde and iafalo's point totals compared to dubois and wheeler's totals from last year you know like you're gonna have both of those guys are gonna have to have really good seasons for them to even match that and I'm just, from my opinion, it's just, they did good with what they could do. But it, is it really going to make you a much better team than it did last year? That's where I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, point total-wise, combining the two there, it'd be pretty close. I, I'll i say Velarde outscores Dubois this year. I'll take a little action on that if you want to if you want to throw down. Sure. All right, let's do it. Now that he's gone, loser has to buy the other's jersey. Absolutely not. Jerseys <laughs> are insanely expensive. I might like. What you want a mortgage too? <laughs> no, no. We could do. We'll we'll do some kind of hot sauce challenge. Okay. That that's that's going to be the new like bet on on the podcast. Is that like either a hot wing or a hot sauce? Like somebody has to do something stupid. So okay. we'll do that. But now that he's gone, I, I, PLD might be the most overrated player in, in, in the NHL. So, guy that's never cracked 70 points. Velarde was too far off that last year. And I, I mean, the big thing with the, the whole move, sorry, before you get to your point there, the big thing with the whole move is vibes. Vibes per 60 is way, way up with <laughs> Velarde, Ayafalo, as opposed to Dubois and Wheeler. But go ahead. Yeah, I don't disagree with that point. I do think that there is... People were acting like Dubois was like a prime Aginla, like a center Aginla or something. 
for a while. And it was like, no, he's not, he's not that good. He's a solid player. I just, he's I'm, good when he wants to be, but he doesn't yeah. want to all the time. Yeah. And you are right. The vibes could produce more wins. It could pr- produce a better, I mean, I think it will produce a better team morale, but it's just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I'll have to see it happen over a full season where he can stay healthy for a full season too, Velarde. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty bullish on, on, on the kid's chances this year. Now, I also think there's a decent chance that he's at some point the second line center for this team, which isn't, you know, too bad of a spot either if it's beside a Nikolai Ehlers, right? Uh, you know, if you if you swap Perfetti and Velarde, for example. You know, Velarde might still be able to put up roughly the same amount of points as he would beside Shifley and Connor. But, I mean, the the kid knows how to play with talented players. That's not always an easy thing to do. I think he's shown the ability to find space in the offensive zone. Some nice hands, some nice awareness around the net. I, I, I think he's a winner. And he knows how to play defense. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Top six forward that knows his way around his own end. That's awesome. I'm just saying... So, Oh, sorry. I'm just trying to curb my expect. Like, I just don't want to. I don't want to come into the season expecting him to get 65. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Like, okay, I don't. I got you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let, let, let's see it before we before we start the celebration a little bit early. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I mean, not a whole lot to go off of because those three haven't played that much. And we'll see once the games actually start to get real. Um, I mean, the good news with that line is they've actually gotten to play together so far. The bad news is. Not the case for line two. And we can't even talk about really how they've... Elus was out there for 10 minutes so far this training camp. <laughs> that's that's all we've gotten. And he's kind of close. Let's just hope they're playing it safe, right? Like it's not an actual injury and it's just, you know, there's no point. These are relatively meaningless days in the grand scheme of things. But man, oh man, like of all the lines that needed time and reps together... It's that second line, especially when you're breaking in a brand new center and a guy that hasn't played 100 games at the NHL level yet in, in, in Cole Perfetti. So it's just a shame that we haven't been able to see those three together. And then to top it all off, Perfetti takes a clown shot from that bozo in Calgary. Man, like, like what do you? I, I get you're trying to make an impression and all that, but like blindsiding the guy to his head away from the play without the puck, like that's going to get you on the flames. I mean, use your head a little bit. He hasn't yet, but use your head a little bit. So it's a shame that like the line hasn't gotten a chance yet. Ehlers is banged up, and then Perfetti, it seems to be okay, knock on wood, but oh yeah, just not, not not the start Jets fans wanted with line number two. Yeah, and even did you catch some of Bone's comments on uh, the Ehlers injury? Kind of. It's. I mean, the Jets have always been weird with injuries, right? Where they'll say one thing, and it usually ends up a little bit more negative and harsh in the long term. So I, I never really know what to think when the Jets talk about injuries, to be honest. Yeah, but it was just mentioning how I'm like, you could just be frustrated that Ehlers isn't in the lineup. But, you know, the way he said some of those things where he was like, you know, we want a guy who's going to be in the lineup, right? Like it's, there's definitely some some frustrations with him not being totally available. And that's not his fault. But at a certain point, as a coach, you start to think like, you know, like I want a guy who's going to be here, like that I can kind of count on instead of 
we we do a workout and then all of a sudden he has a neck spasm and he's not playing and it's like man like just just stay healthy like and and when if you get hurt i mean there's nothing you can do like you're hurt but it's definitely frustrating when you when you're trying to build chemistry and you're just not able to to do that with one of your top players and then to add on perfetti i mean I, i don't think perfetti has been what's the right word he hasn't been like a standout but he's been solid like he hasn't blown up blown the doors on me like this guy you know like he's gonna be the the, the number one breakout candidate this year in the nhl like, he still very well could be but that, by the way that's what elliot friedman said yeah a few a few days back just in case anybody didn't pick up on what tyson was saying there right yeah but it's just he hasn't he hasn't totally stood out yet and me and you're still adjusting he hasn't played center as much in his nhl career so there's still a little bit of an adjustment period, but yeah, that that Pospisil, what a what a cheap shot! Like, well, that's just a rat play. It's not even like a. There's a difference between like a dirty play and a rat play, and that's just, that guy's just a rat. And a not rat. to mention too, on top of that, I don't. I feel like the refs completely mismanaged that whole penalty distribution. Oh, how Calgary ends up with a power play? After. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, yeah, that. And, that then even, and, and, and not even to, and taking like the Calgary guys out of that. If Logan Stanley got an instigator. Doesn't he also get a ten minute misconduct? Where did where did Jeff VL get a ten minute misconduct? Like that, it was just that was a weird scrimmage, and everyone was everyone was thinking too. Like, what is like what are the actual penalties? They kind of just like well, no, it was good because the the ref just screamed it as loud as he could as his mic was was awesome. It's just yeah, what that was just a bush league sequence there. Um, Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I I wasn't really expecting Perfetti to light it up quote-unquote during the preseason here we'll we'll get a good sense i think through 10 games if if it's going to be a a move that's entrenched in the long haul for perfetti to be a man down the middle yeah and, and that shootout goal he, he scored the shootout winner was very nasty it's good yeah <laughs> i like it uh now that we talked about the top six let's talk about the top player parker ford how many MVP votes are we talking with Parker for? No, I mean, I mean, look, the bottom six has been kind of just what they, what, what a lot of us have expected so far. No real major developments there, but yeah, that game against Calgary, we got ourselves a little coming out party for Mister Parker Ford, and tell you what, the Jets did pretty well a few years back signing the guy out of Providence with. Um, let's say average production in college who then parlayed that into a pretty impressive NHL resume doesn't play the same style of game, but Brandon Tanev 2.0, anybody Mikey Asimon 2.0 as the president of the Asimon fan club. I can get down with this Parker Ford coming out of nowhere to make a case to, to be on the jets opening night roster. I'm, I put all my chips into Parker Ford. Ah. I, love, I love the way he plays. Like, like that game against Calgary, that was a, that was where like last year when we were watching Ace Simon preseason, you were like, this guy's got some spunk to him. Like he's got, he's got, a, he's got something. Like he's an NHL player, and he, like we could talk about his shot that he where he blasted that, that one timer or the little dish that he gave to Appleton on the first goal of the game. But I was just so impressed with his ability to force turnovers. Yeah, he's just always was, around the puck. Yeah, it was an and not just around the puck too, like active stick. He he knocked down at least three passes in that one with his on just on the forecheck, reading their plays the right way. 
and he used his body on two different occasions too to separate the guy from the puck and force another turnover. Like, he was all over the ice in that one, and he even really didn't get that much ice time because like, he he wasn't playing penalty kill, so that kind of hurt things a little bit in the first two periods. And so I I could believe he finished with 14 minutes of ice time, 13 minutes of ice time, but he was very impactful. It was awesome. I I love I love seeing guys like that where. And I mean, talk about the potential for like a, I mean, a borderline life-changing couple of weeks for him, right? Yeah. Where like for for guys like that, that's what preseason can be. I mean, how many people in Winnipeg knew who Parker Ford was two weeks ago? (laughs) Now he's vaulted himself up to what? Like the 14th, 15th forward in this organization? Yeah. And I mean, if David Gustafson wasn't a second round pick, he probably find himself as that 13th forward right now. Like there, I, I, I love when guys are able to do that and stake a claim for themselves where it's like, okay, they're not going to make the team. You know, even though coaches will always say like, Oh, there's jobs, jobs are open. Well, no, they're not. But just the fact that he set himself up to make the jets at some point this year is pretty cool. And the kid's got a chance. Like he's got a chance to be, you know, an energy guy early on. And maybe he does. Maybe he goes the Brandon Tanner route. Who knows? Like, don't don't put a don't put a limit on the kid. So good for him. Unbelievable showing. And we'll see if he can continue it as as camp rolls around. And who knows? Maybe he pulls off the shocker. You know, kind of like Sacramento Lion last year, right? Nobody knew about him. Looks good in the preseason, and he parlays that into a hell of a lot of games during the campaign. So I'm on board, Parker Ford. On board with Parker Ford. There we go. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a, it sounds like a car dealership. On board, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we come from a Ford. we come from a Chrysler family, so I I don't know about that, but I yeah, I, I'd feel pretty good about getting getting an F one fifty from Parker Ford just down the street there. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be too bad. Um, so I think that's about it with the forward group. I mean, all eyes a bit on the blue line. That's been where the the juiciest developments were expected heading into training camp here. And I would say it's solely set it around those three youngsters on the blue line, Tice, right? Chisholm, Hanela, Stanley. What's the pecking order right now between those three? And for me, I'd go, and you know, I, I, the, I'm I a huge fan of Declan Chisholm. I've been singing his praises, but throughout the preseason so far, I'd say Vili Hanela tops that charts. I thought he played tremendous yesterday in Calgary. I really do. I thought he, he won a lot of puck battles too. And that's kind of been a thing where, you know, that's not, it hasn't been his strong suit. I and mean, honestly, the thing that I was kind of looking for the most in that game was his offensive ability. And it wasn't, it didn't like stand out, but he was making the right plays throughout the game. It wasn't where he was, you know, making a cross seam, no look pass one time or for a goal. It was just, he was just making the right play for a lot of, throughout a lot of the game and he played a ton of minutes too playing over 30 minutes and to for me too Declan Chisholm that game against Calgary really showed how deceptive he is he kind of has that and I'm no way comparing him to this defenseman it's just this guy's what is most well known for and Adam Fox just has that a little ability oh where... there it is <laughs> Declan Fox Norris Trophy but Adam Fox is really good at using his head to throw off defenders when he's making passes and when he's trying to open up lanes on the ice. And especially on, I forget which power play it was, but there was a power play where the Jets had 
somewhat sustained pressure and Declan Chisholm was running the point and you can see the head fakes there. You could see that, like, I mean, you can't really see the eyes, but you can kind of tell the eyes aren't looking at the target, just trying to draw defenders, just that little split second where they move half an inch to the other side than they're supposed to. I'm, I, I love Declan Chisholm's game. I like, I think the way those two guys have played, they've definitely vaulted into the top seven for the jets. And I think at some point you have to kind of say, you know, sorry, sorry, vet, these guys, these kids want a job and we gotta, we gotta roll with them. Number three on the pecking order is Logan Stanley. And if we get a situation where the jets keep Logan Stanley on the roster and send Declan Chisholm down, I am going to lose my mind. (laughs) I am sorry, but at this point I'm okay with just, putting Logan Stanley on waivers and if someone claims him they claim him like he's not he's not good I think at this point I I, I mean I I feel bad for him I think everybody's probably in agreement that you know Stanley out of those three is at the bottom look the Jets the Jets gave it a try it didn't work out you know what I mean like it's looked like it was going to be a pretty big comeback story a couple of years ago and he just hasn't found that level in the past couple of seasons. And I think at this point, it's it's just pretty clear that a parting of ways is best for both parties at this point. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not going to work for the Jets. I don't think Logan Stanley's in a great state of mind right now and just continuing to throw him out there in the hopes of him being somebody that he isn't. I, I just don't think it's good. So I... I still think they can get something for him in a trade. Like, I would imagine... Right, like uh, if you're some team out there with a garbage blue line, like a fifth or a sixth round pick, you're not going to throw a flyer at that for a six, seven. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I imagine. Sorry, I just want to refresh. I don't. I shouldn't say that he's a. He's not good. He's just in a. He's his skills aren't fitting with the spot that he's being put in right now, and you just yeah, like you just need to change the scenery. It's just not working. Like you watch the games and he just can't. He just can't play in this system no no i i think i mean i'll i'll be shocked i'll be right there with you i mean i i just don't see a logical explanation for for keeping him with the team right now um especially because the guys ahead of him are legitimately outperforming him by a pretty substantial margin um watching villy hanela oh i wish that was the villy we got at last year's training camp yep oh like it's it's a shame that if, if he would have played like that we're probably talking about Hainala getting 30, 40 games with the Jets last season. And I wonder if there's like a part of him where he's gone into training camp this year and he's just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to play. I'm going to play my style. Like I, I'm, I'm done with trying to, you know, hey, be safe. You know, all the cliches we hear about young defensemen, right? Avoid the turnovers, this, this, this. I think he's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to be me. And wherever that takes me, it takes me. But, you know, enough of trying to be somebody that I'm not. And I, I think he's, I think he was really, really good against Calgary. And, you know, still have my doubts about him at the NHL level, but I really liked his mindset and the way he attacked the game. And I, I thought he showed himself really well there. Um, still think he's not going to be in that final game day roster for the Jets, but when and if there's injuries, eh, you know what? He, he might still have a little something. At, at the NHL level. And I'll be intrigued to see what he's able to do. Um, I, I still think for me, 
and and even watching Chisholm during this preseason that I, I think he's ahead of Hanela, regardless of contract status. I just think there's a little more projectability for him when it comes to the NHL level. And yeah. I think that he's just, you know, maybe he doesn't have the pure offensive skill package that Hanela does, but it's not that far off. Well, like even he, he got the, he was on the first power play. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which probably says where the jets view him in the pecking order. Right. But you know, he might not have the, the IQ offensively that a Hanela does, but I don't think he's that far off. Bigger, faster, stronger, sees the game really well. I I, I just think he's I think he's going to be a better NHL player than Billy Hanela, which is funny because I think Hanela would be a better AHL player than Declan Chisel. <laughs> but it's different league, all all that stuff. You know, I, I think I think it's a pretty easy choice for the Jets on on how the roster shakes up on the back end for them. And I agree with you, Tice, where it needs to be a situation of if it's Chisholm, for example. He makes the team. He doesn't sit in the press box for two months. And even if it's, I'm, I'm fine with the rotation where it's yeah. like Chisholm gets three games in. Schmidt, for example, gets three games in. You sit, right? And you just kind of go back and forth. It doesn't have to be this big thing. Oh my gosh, we scratched a veteran. It's just the way it goes, man. Just a, it's a very simple conversation. Like you're going to get a ton of games this year, vet defensemen, but we need to give our young guys a chance to help them out. You help us, we help you. Away we go. We'll see if the Jets do that, but that, that's how I would like to see them handle the third pair this year. And there's going to be injuries too, right? Like someone on the decor is going to get injured at some point this year. It's just inevitable. Like, so you need those guys that can fill, go in and fill in. One thing I was thinking, if this is, there's a lot of hypotheticals here. <laughs> if Nate Schmidt kind of the way that you watch him and it's just, uh, it seems like he's kind of taking a step back and Hanela continues that level is level of play as well. What are the chances of that? You, we see Hanela and Chisholm both make opening day roster. I, I mean, unless they get, they, they would have to move on from Schmidt and Stanley. And I just don't see how that happens. Yeah, I I just I I would like that. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't I don't see I could see how they move on from Stanley. That's not too difficult. But like, yeah. how do you get how how does Nate Schmidt get moved out? Especially like, with it, all it, it would cost the Jets a first round pick. Yeah, guarantee, no questions asked. They're obviously not going to do that. So I just I, I to me it's a non-starter. But there's a chance that we see a lot of Hanel and Chisholm this year, and that might not be a bad thing for the club either. But Pretty impressive performances from those two. I mean, for everybody that was excited to see them in action, they've given a little bit of optimism to the future of the Jets decor, along with Elias Salomonson, who I have uh, officially realized that I've been calling Salmonson for about a year and a half. Same. So, <laughs> hey, you live and you learn, you get that better. O, that O after the yells just sneaks in there. It's a sneaky one. I kind of <laughs> like Salmonson better, but you know what? It's his name. I feel like that's rude to, to call him something that he's not, so... Now we know. And I tell you what, in a couple of years, I think people are going to recognize the name Salomonson and say, ah, that's a that's a hell of a player the Jets got there. Um, so pretty, pretty positive development so far for the Jets on the blue line at training camp. And in that, I think Connor Hellebuck's going to keep the job. <laughs> we'll see. Feeling pretty good that Helly gets a start in game one.
Um, so that's about it for training camp so far. I mean, the main thing is nobody is insanely hurt. <laughs> that's kind of the main thing going into the last week of camp. And then, well, uh, t- to me, the main point is to keep an eye on that Ehlers Perfetti Niederreiter line and just hope that they're able to get a handful of games together just to get some reps in so they're not completely going in dry into that first game uh, of the regular season. And uh, that's going to be a pretty pivotal group for the club. So need to get them on the ice ASAP. Um, just a couple of things I want to get to before we cap off the episode, Tyson. Um, now, it sounds like you didn't see this from The Athletic, uh, but every year leading up to the regular season, spearheaded by Dom LeShizhen, The Athletic does season projections slash previews according to their analytical model. Hand up. Let me guess. He has Toronto winning the cup this year. Oh, everyone says that, but he actually never does. (laughs) What I will say, and there's a reason why we're talking about this in, in this episode, because it is Jet related. But the Winnipeg Jets finally made their appearance. They go from worst team down to first. And after about at least a week or so, the Jets made their appearance. And I would say it's not all that surprising. The Athletic has the Winnipeg Jets finishing with the 15th most points in the NHL this year. Or projecting them to have the 15th highest point total is probably the correct way to say it. 96 points is the most likely outcome for the Winnipeg Jets this season, which would put them in a playoff spot just ahead of the LA Kings, according to the Athletic. No big surprises there, right? I mean, that's... No, that would be awesome to stick it to the Kings, though. Beat them yeah, by I don't, I don't know if I like the Kings. I don't know if I like the like. No, they, I feel like they're a nice team to hate. No, and and even too like I don't think their team's that good. I mean, one thing though, I want to talk. Let's talk about it after. But uh, the Kings kind of got into the grill of a Winnipeg boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if we have enough time to get into that for this episode, but maybe the next one. Um, the immortal Hayden Hodgson. It's the kryptonite to Mark Stone, apparently. Uh, but just a quick breakdown of, of the uh, Jets' athletic article here and some of the rankings that they have league-wide, uh, according to the numbers, which I always find interesting. Um, interesting as well, Tyson, because apparently I'm a robotic genius because I had the exact same rankings that the athletics spit out. The 17th-ranked forward group, the 17th ranked defense group and the fourth ranked goaltending based on Connor Hellebuck being Connor Hellebuck. And essentially the theme of the article was, let me get the exact quote here. It's basically Connor Hellebuck and then a whole bunch of mid. (laughs) They're they're kind of right. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not that far off. People are kind of upset. Oh, you know, like there's good players, this, this, this. But the Jets' good players, best players outside of Hellebuck, are kind of like league average relative to their spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kyle Connor's great, but he's not a top 10 winger. Same with Shifley, same with Ehlers. Morrissey would be the one exception to that, but there's a lot of there's a lot of really good defensemen right now. Morrissey might be the one except, right? But like 
you look at the Jets roster as a whole and it's it is average. It's average with great with a great goaltender, which is probably enough to get you into the playoffs in a bad in a weekly Western conference. Yep. Yeah. What's it's, kind of interesting what's kind of interesting about this taste is that um the Calgary Flames have yet to make an appearance, by the way. Interesting. Wonder how many people are gonna pick Calgary as a as a playoff team this year. The, the Kraken were way bad. That was like a week ago they showed the Kraken. Um but the Jets I like Calgary. It's tough because they've just been all over the place, right? It's, it's a tough team to get a read on. I I don't know. I just think new coach, like the new coach honeymoon phase, like you get into the season and like I could I could easily see them start the season 15 and 5. And then everyone jumps on the bandwagon and then they kind of teeter off around the deadline or whatever. But I like, I, I like Cal. I, I think Uyghur bounces back too. And then they have like a nice, like Anderson Uyghur, who knows what's happening with Hannafin. Like, but I think that's a solid, I think, they, I think they'll be fine. They're okay. I mean, the one thing as we kind of have done these projections and rankings lists and everything like that, and I think most people would have the Jets somewhere in, like, let's just say the 14 to 18 range, just to give it a number there. But the one thing that really stands out to me, Tyson, is that there's, I, I really don't see a lot of chance for the Winnipeg Jets to be a bad team this year. It may not be the best long term for the franchise, but like at the trade deadline, they're going to be in the fight at like whatever the numbers and points are. I, I like, can you really envision a scenario barring catastrophic injury that they're not at least within fighting distance of a playoff spot this year? The rest of the way, like the teams, like the blues, the predators, especially the predators, the God awful predators, blues, yeah. preds, coyotes, Chicago, <laughs> um, Whatever the hell's out there in the West, the California, just all of the state of California. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I don't know. I just, I really struggle to see the Jets like completely bottoming out to the point that they're throwing in the towel come February. I, I could see it happening, but it's not the most likely situation. You know, like I, I could see a, I could see somewhere where the defense doesn't really improve and they really struggle and Hellebuck isn't able to save their bacon early on in the season. And then things just, and like Hellebuck's still playing solid, but he's just under siege. And then things just kind of snowball from there. I could see something like that happening, but I, I don't, I don't think it's very likely. Yeah. I just say, I'll say this. Thank God they're in the West, not the East. The East yeah. is a bloodbath. It's, it's just going to be ugly for a bunch of those teams to get in. And that's actually a great segue to our final talking point of the episode, Tyson. But big, big bombshell dropped right before the NHL season. Andre Vasilevsky is going to miss the first two months of the year after back surgery. I guess the main talking point is, which everybody seems to be jumping on is does this knock the Tampa Bay Lightning out of the out of the playoffs out of the playoff picture in a much more competitive East? I think so. I think I think <laughs> everybody is saying that, and then somehow Jonas Johansson or somebody else will put up like a nine ten 
and I'll, I think what this might do actually in a funny way is have like that veteran group focused and like, hey, like we gotta like we gotta be playoff lightning right now, and they're gonna find a way to push through. I'm, I'm not buying that this team is dead, even though my best goalie on the planet is gonna be out for two months, and I wonder if that's two months like. I don't know, man. You have you have lumbar surgery. I've had lumbar problems. You're telling me that it's just going to go away, and no, oh, I'm totally good to go now. Yeah, that's. I just, wonder about that. A, a team that we just mentioned, the Calgary Flames, is though. I could see Dan Vladard go to Tampa. It's tough. They have no cap. Like that, that doesn't uh, make a lot of money. That's yeah, like that, that might be the only and, option for them. But and I mean, you're going to be putting Vasilevsky on LTIR. So and that's then that's a later problem. Figure out how to fix the cap when Vassy comes back. I, I I don't think that if Johansson's their goalie all year, I think they're gonna miss the playoffs. He's not he's very bad. He's not a good goalie. He's, <laughs> There's he's a, a he used to be with the Sabres and after he got waived and picked up by Colorado, the uh, one of the Sabres beat reporters said something along the lines of that he is the worst goalie I've ever seen. He failed to stop pucks in games and practices. Just like he's just like I can't believe this. So we'll see what he does in Tampa Bay. If, if Tampa Bay can find a way to get it done, it would be intriguing that if by December, for example, the Lightning are comfortably near the top of the division, do you do LTIR hijinks once again and <laughs> head into the playoffs with nine and a half million ready to go? Like. I wouldn't put it past them. I didn't think they liked Vasilevsky before then, but it's a low-hanging fruit there. We'll see if they're able to survive. Interest- Speaking of the athletic, Tyson, the Ottawa Senators' playoff odds jumped 5% with this news. Oh, wow. That's how much of a ripple effect this can have, not only for Tampa Bay, but especially in that Atlantic, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. Like They got to be a little bit jacked up getting into the regular season two now, knowing that the formerly invincible lightning might be a little bit vulnerable for the first couple of months at the very least. Yeah, it's that's not what you want to see if you're a Tampa Bay lightning fan, then add on the Steven Stamco stuff that's happening too, where it's like, Whoa, like, are we going to like, is this the end of the Tampa Bay lightning? Like, we'll see. Let's hope so. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I don't really hate to have. I, I don't have strong feelings for the Lightning one way or the other. It's wild to me. I, I, I still can't believe that they haven't, that they didn't speak to Stamkos all summer. Like yeah. I find that I find that beyond negligent. Like this is the Lightning, not the Flyers that we're talking. Like a well-run organization, and you're gonna completely box out your captain from any kind of I, I don't know. We'll see. Especially when he he rejected Detroit to come back to Tampa. Remember, like when all that. In, insane stuff was going down with Subban for Weber, Hall for Adam Larson. And mixed in there was pretty much like Stamco sweepstakes. Yeah, Stamco's is going to Detroit. Like there was there, at one point in that offseason, a majority of people thought that Stamco's was going to leave Tampa. And he kind of shocked everyone, stayed in Tampa. And I would just, I would be stunned if they kind of just kick him to the curb. That That would be crazy. That'd be like, That'd be like kicking Iserman to the curb. <laughs> like it would be. That, that blows my mind. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's something. I mean, I don't know why Stamkos would say that if it didn't happen. But I just, I, I can't imagine as a management group that you would 
possibly be that stupid and disrespectful to the ultimate franchise. I, I don't know. Vibes are not high in Tampa Bay, I'll tell you that. They're high a lot of other places, but uh, yeah, that's we'll see. We'll see if the Lightning's championship medal can uh, carry them through a bit of turbulence here. A lot of people would be uh, A-OK with the downfall of Tampa Bay, though. Um, but we'll check in on that, and we'll check in on all the other going-ons around the NHL as we uh, head through the last uh, latter part of training camp and preseason here. But that'll do it for the episode today. We'll cap it there. And uh, we'll cap off September. How about that? Let's get ready for October. Spooky season is here. Pumpkin spice season is still ongoing. Life is good right now, and let's have ourselves a weekend. How about that? Thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, with CJOB's Tyson Rewicki once again. We'll get back at it Tuesday morning, breaking down the latest from the Jets. A little bit more preseason action for the club as well and any other news and notes around the NHL during that time. Until then, enjoy your weekend, stay safe, and have a good time, everybody. Peace!